But here, you know, you said you really wanted to do something together. So you had that confidence, but you also said, you know, you kind of sometimes look at each other like, what the heck, like what's going on? So you got to have bravery to push through those moments. I think that having the clear vision from the start was huge and being able to not second guess what we're doing and actually trust ourselves and go through with it. Once we had a clear idea of what we wanted and how we were going to do it, we just trusted it. If you don't do that, you could sit forever waiting for the right time. So thought, what are we waiting for? Let's do it. You're listening to the Venue RX podcast. What's up everyone, Jonathan here with The Venue RX and on this channel we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices around owning, operating and managing world-class wedding venues. And on this channel we do a variety of different styles of shows. We talk to industry professionals about everything from marketing to sales to operations and we also interview real wedding venue owners. Uh, this has been a really fun opportunity to get a peek into the lives of what it looks like uh, the lives of venue owners and what it actually looks like to run a, a venue uh, day in and day out and some of the struggles as well as some of the wins and we're going to do that today here on this podcast i'm really excited to welcome to the show adam and kate walton from hazelwood thank you so much for being here today absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. we're so excited I'm excited to chat with you well i am excited about our conversation today kind of hear your background how you got into this industry hear about your venue and i think just by way of introduction could you um, give me, you know, a, a bit about who you are and what your background was before getting into the wedding industry. Sure. Uh, so my background was in finance. So I worked for my family's business, did um, finance in the office. Kate, uh, high school teacher, English teacher. So that's mm -hmm. what we were doing for um, most of our lives. Um, and so that's where the background came from. And the vision of this, if you want me to just kind of jump right into that, where it yeah. came from. Um, so we got married 2010 and mm -hmm. we were looking at venues and really didn't find anything we liked. So we ended up just getting married at my parents' property in the backyard, did a tent. Um, it was lovely. Um, we planned a lot of it, most of it, Kate did. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, we actually really enjoyed it because um, we could do what we wanted and not um, based on the stipulations of the venue. So we really enjoyed that and had no intentions of getting into the wedding industry or doing anything with it. So flash forward, fast forward uh, seven years, six, seven years. And out of nowhere, um, my dad's, one of his uh, best friends has a wedding venue down in Baltimore, um, outside of Baltimore. So we were going down to visit it and we saw it and uh, he said he's looking to sell it. So we said, hmm, let's, maybe this could be something. Uh, went back home and Googled, what's a wedding venue? You know, didn't really know what we were looking for, what it should be. And we quickly realized it wasn't the vision that we wanted for it. It was essentially just one open, open barn. And that was it, um, which just didn't fit what we wanted. So we thought, let's, let's see what we can do if we can just do it on our own and figure out how we can do that. So uh, we started looking for property. Uh, this was 2017. I uh, started looking for property and it, it, it took a while um, before we could uh, buy the property that we had to um, secure some finances for it. So coming from the financial background, I had built really good relationships with a bank that we worked with. And so I had a great relationship with, that relationship with them. So I was able to talk to them, tell them the vision we had, and they they trusted us, so we gave them you know a, a look at what five years would look on the balance sheet, 
what we were projecting and what we thought we could do. And they trusted our vision. So that's how we secured an SBA with that. Then we could look for property and actually start moving forward. So we found, go ahead, Jonathan. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, cause a lot of these are some of the questions that I'm going to ask about. So I'm curious about the finance piece. Cause I think it's something that it's like the first big rock, right? People want to start a wedding venue, but it's like, gosh, how am I going to afford it? And depending on where you are in the company, here we're in Southern California, you know, you're going to spend a minimum of a million dollars. You know, you're not really getting into a venue um, for less than that. Even though it feels like you might be able to start, it's it's yeah. it's a million dollars. Um, I know in other parts of the country you can you can do that. Where are you guys located? Where's Hazelwood located? So we're in South Central Pennsylvania. Awesome. We're about uh, an hour outside of Baltimore. It's south of us. Uh, we're what? Uh, over two and a half hours, about two and a half hours from Philadelphia. So um, mm -hmm. a little bit of distance from there, but we found that we're, we're pulling from, most of our couples are outside of the area, uh, coming from us from New Jersey, New York, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. and we are 20 minutes away from Gettysburg. So that's a attraction for people. So if they want to come, they've never been there, they can treat it as a destination wedding in some ways, if they're traveling from somewhere else. So yeah, that's where we are that's that's huge so go, let's go to the financing piece really quick um you said through your relationships and, and this is me too i don't really understand the finance piece too much because we don't own any of the venues we just manage the five venues that we have um when you go, went to secure the funding did you, you you went through sba but it was through kind of a, a separate bank could you kind of explain the relationship of the the bank maybe you talked to and then the sba as an administration overall yeah, so uh, like I said, through the uh, through my history in, in finance, working with this bank for for ten years, and really got to know uh, the uh, the people who were who were running the show there. So we had meetings a lot, and so the biggest part I think was having that rapport with them. Which in some ways, you know, this mm -hmm. is a, a a bit of a, a odd circumstance where most people don't have a relationship with a bank where they could where they could do this. Mm -hmm. So that was probably the biggest part. And they wanted to see, to make sure that they could financially back us and give us the money, made sure that we knew what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So that's where being able to show them the balance sheet, being able to show them what our vision was. And it, it was a in-depth process because they're not just willing to hand out money to anybody. So they had to be sure that they trusted us. Mm -hmm. And so that was how we did it. And then they were able to just um, give us a set amount with, if we needed more money, which as we found out, <laughs> it, uh, it was over mm -hmm. double what we thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just the nature of it. You, you think you have an idea going into it, which is pretty similar to a couple's budget getting married. They don't know what they're getting into and it's going to cost a lot more. So we were able to then when we needed to secure additional funds from them. That's huge. If someone were to come to you right now, maybe even someone listening to this podcast and they're like, would you do the same, like kind of go through the same process? It sounds like a bit of advice you might give is ask for more money than you think that you need. What other pieces of advice would you, would you offer? Uh, do the research, do mm -hmm. the research was the biggest thing and not jumping into it. Um, we didn't have a background in it. We didn't know what we were doing. So when we came into it, we just, we spent months and months of, of research and especially market research of what's in the area. So we could get an idea of what people were looking for in our area and what was, what was available for people. So 
yeah, the b- biggest piece of advice is really um, know that things are going to come up and you're going to need to be able to adapt to things that may come up in construction, township permits, that these are all things you don't think of. Uh, stormwater management, which we needed to have for, because mm-hmm. we bought 18 acres of property that had nothing on it. So there was a lot of excavation, stormwater management, and all those things that you don't think of because you think, oh, I'm just going to put in a wedding venue and we're going to be good to go. But those are just things you have to be be able to, uh, as they come up, be willing to continue forward with it and not just say, this is, now I'm out, because it's it's a lot of money up front. And then you have to be um, willing to put in the work to to make it worth it. So at this point, so when you got married to the point that you are, you know, kind of maybe when you bought the venue, let's just say, what was the time frame for that? We got married 2010. Yeah. When we this idea came up, it was 2017. So that's when we started to figure out, let's see if we can do this. Mm-hmm. So from 2017 to 2018 was when we started working with the bank, showing them um, what we could do, what we projected we could do. Uh, and then we started looking for property all in the area. We looked within over to close to Philadelphia, down mm-hmm. into Baltimore. But those places are just, they're so saturated with uh, a lot of the same styles of venues, specifically in our area, South Central Pennsylvania is a lot of barns. So we realized that we wanted to do something, fill that void of what was missing in our area when it comes to venues. So finding property that we still wanted to be um, in nature, still wanted to be a little bit secluded, but also when you get here, that it is a modern space. So that was that was the big part of it. Mm-hmm. So that was, we purchased the property in, end of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then from 2018 to 2019 was uh, getting in touch with builders, getting bids. Um, once we did that, we found a builder that we liked, um, trusted him, and then we went through the whole planning process with the architect of actually designing this thing. Because we we started with a, you know a blade of grass, and that's all we had going into it. So mm-hmm. we had to figure out what we wanted it to become, which was that's a lot of weight for us to, for us to carry. Like thinking like, wow, okay, we have the funds to do it. That's that's perfect, but now what like we need to figure out what we want it to be so that was a lot of was there a time frame that you when you got the funds that you had to use the funds by like was there a sense of urgency around quick we need to get this plan or did you did you have time to kind of really think about it and go through the process and almost do your due diligence in picking both a builder and an architect Mm -hmm. we there was no deadline and no time because we wanted to make sure that we were doing it right. So actually doing all of that research was so important. Um, maybe it would be a smaller time frame if someone was actually in the wedding industry and knew a lot of these things, but we had to learn everything um, from from the start. So, so but no no deadline imposed by the SBA. No, no. Okay. Got it. no. I'm not sure if that's unique for us because of the relationship, um, but no, there was there was there was no deadline for that. I have a question. I didn't plan on asking this, but I just, you know, thinking about it, you guys are a married couple. My wife and I run a business together. You guys have been married, what, 13 years now, approximately. My wife and I are coming up on 11 years here. When we got married, we weren't business owners. And it sounds like you guys are maybe in the same position, right? When you got married, you weren't business owners. 
Now you're business owners, you've gone through COVID, you know, you've been through a couple different things and, and you've grown a business together, right? Which is huge. Was there any time that as you're building this business and you're working on it together that you're like, you kind of look at each other and you're like, holy crap, honey, like, what are, what are we like, is this, is this what we plan to do? Or like, was there ever a moment like that for either one of you? Yeah, all the time, <laughs> yes, yes. still all the time, because we didn't come from this indus industry. Like Adam said, we also just had a son we have a two-year-old son. We're having another baby this July. So it's like, we were thrown into this industry, completely different careers that we started out in. We're starting a family we're figuring out our roles in the business and pretty much every day there's those moments like it's just us like it's us doing this we're doing weddings and people are trusting us with the biggest day and the biggest thing ever like we um we love it it's awesome but we i don't know we just we wanted to do something together and here we are in the wedding industry but we love it um it took us a while to kind of figure out what our roles would be. We each had our like strengths and our different careers before coming into this. And we have definitely now like found a groove. When we first started out year one with a new baby, we were both doing everything together. We did all the venue tours together. We did every single wedding day together with our wedding planner, which we can talk more about later. Um, we would be like, and we live on the property too. Like our cottage is right over here, like next to the venue in the tree line in the woods. Um, we would like come up to the venue together, work the wedding day, go down to the house, put the baby down for his nap, come back up, work the wedding day together. Like literally did all parts of the business together. And I was still teaching full time and Adam was still doing his finance job full time or part time. Okay. So then like we started to shift and like, you know, you were doing the social media, you were doing the websites, all the emails. I started doing more of the face-to-face -face stuff. And now what it has progressed into is I'm doing all the face-to-face -face things, the venue tours, the walkthroughs with the planner, the actual 14 hour wedding days, Adam's handling all of like, we say the back end work, which is insane. Like all of the our CRM, every single email, contracts, invoices, his background in finance is like perfect for that because that's not where I thrive, but I'm a teacher. So that's, I'm teaching people about why they should book Hazelwood, teaching them all about the benefits of working with a team like ours um, and, and doing social media. So that's huge too. Um, we started out Adam was doing our Instagram and it's so crazy how much just Instagram has changed from one year ago two, three years ago and just constantly changing and evolving. And you started out doing that just minimum, you know, just we're trying to get content out there. And now it's turned into like a full-time job for me. Like every day, Instagram is a job. And that is something that people don't understand if they're not in, if they don't own a business and they're not putting their business actively out there on social media every day, because you're doing it every day. You're doing it every day. We see it, you know? <laughs> I love your story so far, and I think it's really, really cool to just hear hear this perspective. I'm wondering what gave you kind of the the confidence, but then on top of that, the bravery. Because I hear you know you said you really wanted to do something together, um, and you felt like you, you could, so you had that confidence. But you also said you know you kind of sometimes look at each other like, what the heck, like what's going on? 
so you got to have bravery to push through those moments, you know, and, and like you were saying, Adam, you can't let, you know, whether it's stormwater management, whether it's, you know, any of these different permitting processes or whatever, you know, you've got to be tough enough to push through it. What is the driving force for you both behind doing that and what kind of kept you going despite the different setbacks or the different frustrations or whatever that you encountered along the way? I think that having the clear vision from the start uh, was huge and being able to not second guess what we're doing and actually trust ourselves and go through with it. Once we had a clear idea of what we wanted and how we were going to do it, we just trusted it. Because if, if you don't do that, you could, you could sit forever waiting for the right time. So thought, what are we waiting for? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's do it. Um, sure. There's times where like, wow, what, this is a lot, mm -hmm. but you just have to, at some point, make a decision and do it. And we, we trusted it, trusted what we could do, what the vision was and the homework that we did going into it. And mm -hmm. if you're second guessing it, then you could just, it, that could ruin things pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and, and we also, we love being together and love, like we could be like stay at home, work together all the time. Like we thrive in that scenario. Whereas some people could not do that and that's okay. Everybody, every couple is different, but, um, like I left teaching and I love teaching. I was obsessed with it, loved everything about it, but I love this so much more, um, because of the life that it allows us to, to live like with our family, being together, just it's so much more work than what a traditional career has. Traditional is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's so much more and it's never ending, but it's fun. Like it's always a challenge. Um, and that is like my favorite part of it that, and we get to do it together. So like, I would talk to him about teaching stuff and like my students all the time, but there's no, it's just talking to him, not together. You know what I mean? And now it's like, every day there's a new business idea. I'm listening to your podcast. I'm reading some book, something. And it's like, Oh, let's, let's try this. Let's do this. And it's, we're both equally invested and it's just fun doing it together. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I wanted to know a little bit of the why, because I mean, that's been my journey and my wife's journey. It's, it is very difficult at times. It's very tough. You're juggling family, a relationship, the business health, and, and it is difficult. You got to have that, that toughness, but you're right. It is fun. And I'd much rather do this, what we're doing, right. Versus, you know, doing something else, even if it was less hours, even if it was less painful, it's like this, um, this is fun. It's fun to do something for yourself too, for sure. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get back. That was kind of the, the human interest side of it a little bit. So for anyone, you know, who is just interested in the, the building side, I mean, I, I love hearing your guys' story. Tell us, um, as you're, you know, going through construction, I mentioned, I noticed, Adam, you mentioned getting, finding the builder first. You got some bids and went through that. And then you talked about the architect. Is that the process, the actual chronological order that you went through it? Or um, is, it, is that typical? Is that not typical? Should you hire the architect first? How did you know how to evaluate the builder? Give us a little look into that. So the builder did a couple projects for my parents, which was very helpful. So I knew him and uh, his family going into it. So I knew that he was one that I wanted to talk to and then got bids from three other places. So 
having that trust with him was huge. So I didn't even think about architects until I had that builder and knowing that the builder had relationships with the architect. So I knew that secure the builder, then knowing that he would, he could do the project. Then we talked to the architect and sat down and had endless meetings of let's figure out what we need. Um, let's figure out what it's going to look like. And that was the chronological order of doing that, then finalizing those plans. And then it was actually um, breaking ground with a lot of uh, township meetings in between oh, yeah. then. <laughs> well, just in, before we get and I want to ask about the township and I want to ask about kind of the zoning and some of the permitting stuff, but who was the voice or was there a voice or who was the voice that you were primarily listening to or, or was it collaborative in talking about the design and talking about what you wanted to include and not include? Um, how did you make some of those decisions? Research was the big part of seeing what venues look like, mm -hmm. seeing uh, what the biggest thing was seeing what we didn't want it to look like, I think, mm -hmm. rather than what we did want it to look like. It was seeing what other venues did well, but also seeing what they were missing. So that's what we based it off of. This place doesn't have preparation suites. We need preparation suites. We want to have them on site. This, um, they don't have a cocktail hour space, a separate space. So we knew these things that we wanted to do with the architect. The other side was actually meeting with industry professionals, bringing them out to the property. We built the cottage first. So we were living on the property before the venue was built. So we brought, vendors from every single category out and talk to them and ask, what do you look for in venues? What are things that you see missing in venues that we could do better? Showing them the design of what it is. And we, we were able to make changes mm -hmm. during the process of working with the architect based on feedback from people who knew the business. We didn't come in here thinking, oh, well, we Googled something, saw a wedding venue, we're good to go. We're professionals now. <laughs> so it was, it was relying on people that were professionals and having that open mind of uh, being willing to change our minds and not just think that we're so hard-headed. No, that, that's silly. What, what are you talking about? So we yeah. were, that, that was the biggest part of, of the design process. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, moving on to the permitting and the township meetings and things like that, how important was your involvement in your local city, township, county, government in the success of getting some of the permits passed and really opening your venue? Yeah, it was uh, the first thing we did when we were looking at properties, we didn't want to get into any rezoning. So we wanted to make sure that it was already zoned and able to have a wedding venue. So mm -hmm. before we even did that, we contacted the township where the property was located and asked them, here's what we're looking to do. Are we able to do it? So some properties now that, you know, you had to go through a lot of red tape to do it. And it was just, you see some horror stories of upsetting neighbors and township meetings and people don't want you there. We wanted people to want us in the township. Mm -hmm. We wanted our neighbors to, to want us and like us. So this property was already zoned uh, that, that we could host weddings here immediately. So we knew that. And before we purchased the property, once we knew that this is the one we wanted, we uh, sent letters to all the neighbors and told them who we are, this is what we're looking to do, just to build a little bit of rapport before we came in here, just so it's not these two people coming in here and then just destroying nature and disrupting our 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 street. It was, we wanted to, to get to know them a little bit. Um, we talked to them before we even purchased the property and our neighbors have been amazing. Mm -hmm. um, 
just thinking of it from the side of what would we think if someone was coming into our street and building a wedding venue, I think your first thought is, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, that's, it seems like it's going to be big parties every single night and it's going to be loud music. And so luckily being in a bit of a rural area, the, it doesn't affect the neighbors at all, at least not that they have told us that, you know, the, the sound is not rolling through the hills here. It's, it's, it's pretty secluded, but it still does impact the neighbors to, to a small degree. So we wanted to make sure we did that. So the big part was zoning that was already zoned to allow us to do that. And then the actual township, the actual township meetings, we, we weren't trying to cut any corners or not get permits on certain things. We just knew that we were going to do things the right way. That way there could be no uh, township couldn't get, come back to us if we upset them in some way and said, you didn't want to do this. So there were a lot of township meetings where they had never had a wedding venue in the township. So they didn't even know what they were getting into. So they had a lot of questions. There were a lot of things that we thought were a bit silly that we had to do, but we kept saying in these meetings that if that's what you think is fair, then that's what we're going to do. So there was no, we weren't fighting. We weren't fighting the neighbors, the people in the, the township meetings. They, they all liked us too, but at least again, <laughs> That they've told us they haven't told us they don't like us so that was that was a big part a lot of a lot of township and we had it fairly easy uh just going through the motions because you had to every single month you had to meet and then well let's talk about this that'll be on the, on the agenda next uh next week and then there was getting the engineer involved as well for the uh, the actual property of what it's you know, what kind of uh if you're going to put in a parking lot where is that overflow water going to go um, what, what stormwater management is going to collect all that. And so there was a lot of that stuff that we obviously don't know. That's why you need an engineer. So then the township had a lot of questions for the engineer, for the builder. So that was a lengthy process, probably about a year that that took. And it was, I think it was fairly easy. One of the things we talk about kind of the tagline of the show is like building, owning and operating world-class wedding venues. And a repeated theme that I've seen coming up again and again and again is it seems like really successful wedding venue owners take their time in the beginning to secure the right funding, to focus on developing relationships with key city, county, township representatives, um, and they make sure that they're not cutting corners. Things that I'm all hearing from you guys. It, it seems, and I'm speaking directly from experience, when that doesn't happen and you're fighting with the county or you're fighting with neighbors or whatever, it's a constant problem throughout the lifetime of your venue. Mm -hmm. Instead of maybe, to your point, spending a little extra time up front, which, and maybe doing some silly things, right? But at the same time, you're still um, getting it done so that now you have great relationships built you know, you're not bugging anyone and you have the resources that you need to, to pull this off. That's, that's awesome. Um, anything to add on that point? I want to ask just kind of the timeline of the entire production, anything else to add on that, that piece of it? No, that kind of takes us up to breaking ground. Once all that was done, architect plans were done, stamped, sealed, everything was approved from the town, township. Then we were able to break ground. Breaking ground to completion, and I know there's going to be pro, you know projects and different things that that you yeah. do, but breaking ground to you know completion where you're able to host a wedding. What was the timeline like that? Timeline. We broke ground 
just after Christmas in 2019. So from the end of 2019, all through 2020, and the first couple months of 2021 were final touches of getting in all the furniture, light fixtures, the structure was done, everything was done, and then it was just kind of piecing the last small uh, parts together. Mm -hmm. And then our first wedding was May of that year of 2021. Wow. You're going through COVID during this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have COVID and you start hearing about it, I remember March, early March, whatever, you start kind of hearing more, okay, this is a serious thing. Um, and I know for you guys, you're more on the East Coast, maybe even sooner than that. Were there doubts in your, I mean, tell me what was going through your minds because you're in construction. I mean, you're kind of too late to stop at this point. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, we had just started giving venue tours. We called them hard hat tours, just like a lot of, you know, under construction venues do. And we were, you know, giving tours to interested couples and then did a few and then got shut down for about, I think, two weeks, maybe it wasn't that long. And then we could start doing tours again, obviously masked up and following all the distance protocols. And we just resumed with our vision boards, showing couples what the venue would look like when it was under construction and just helping them see the picture of what each space would be down to like the finishing touches and the flooring. Um, and yeah, that's how we, that's how we booked our whole first and second year of wedding, half of the second year of weddings we had were people that booked us when we were under construction, um, which is pretty awesome, <laughs> pretty wild. Like That's just have wild. that trust that yeah. you believe in the team and the vision. And I know so many other venue owners have said, you know, similar things like what an honor that people have trusted you and the vision that you're going to bring this to life when they're touring, you know, a, a dirt parking lot and a wooden structure with nothing done yet. Um, yeah. That's incredible. Talk to me about creating some of those packages. Cause early on, I mean, you're in this phase of building literally the physical venue, but then you're also building packages. You're thinking about your pricing. You're thinking about all of these different things you're including um, to carry out weddings where, where did you start your, your thinking on this? Do you determine pricing first and kind of reverse engineer it based on the, the price you had paid in your financials? Um, walk me through some of those, those steps. Yeah. So a lot of it came from that early on homework that we did of market research of seeing what other venues had, what their inclusions were and what their pricing was. So that was very important. A lot of the venues we weren't able to find pricing because it, it wasn't listed on their website. So, um, and we weren't going to send fake inquiries to them because we wouldn't want them doing that to us. So um, we found what we could based uh, of these venues and kind of based uh, our pricing on that. We didn't have an idea of what it would be. Um, and we didn't want to come in and say, our venue is $2,000 more than this venue because we have, uh, we have beadboard or something like that. Like th these things like, oh, well, we, we have a better venue than them. We should be more expensive. So we're mm -hmm. cautious coming into it of not coming out um, too hot in our pricing. And it was tough. It was, it was definitely tough figuring out what that balance was. And we, we've changed pricing um, quite a bit over the last three years, not quite a bit, but a few times we've yeah. adjusted it just based on adding things mm -hmm. that we've added to the venue and what, um, what the market dictates essentially of what, what the pricing should be. 
that and and we'll come back kate just really quick that is something that's very interesting to me about how venue owners try to price things because it's tough to know and you're kind of looking in your area and you're totally right just because you use excellent materials or because your venue's newer <laughs> the the couple doesn't necessarily know that or they're not saying oh this this flooring is only two years <laughs> old you absolutely deserve a premium price right, right. yeah um, yeah go ahead sorry one thing that we did too from the very beginning like one of our most important things was that it was one price with no add-ons or service fees or taxes and that was one of our big like things to start that really hooked couples too like when they saw our package there was one package and that was it um, with no extra fees. I think there were different prices for Saturdays versus weekdays. We are a year round venue too. We're climate controlled. So you can have year round events any day of the week. So that's also important to say, um, but we thank a couple different levels of pricing mm -hmm. packages, but they were all included the same stuff. Now, you know, a couple of years into this, we have changed a lot not from that basic foundation of it's all-inclusive pricing with no add-ons, everything that we offer is included. Um, but now we have a lot more tiers to our packages, elopements, micro-weddings, that sort of thing. Talk to me about what's included, because I think that, and I'm so fascinated that you said that, because I think people like that. Like They don't like seeing one number and then 16 additional numbers later, the real price, like that is a turnoff to me. Yep. Yeah. So I think other people as well. Um, what is included when you get married at Hazelwood? So we, our biggest differentiator is that we include a professional wedding planner. So we partner with um, a local wedding planning company, Taryn Blake Events, um, who has been in the industry for 10 plus years. And I'll talk a little bit about that, but our thing is, you know, you get this beautiful modern space with everything included, no add-ons, right? The furniture's custom made, ceremony site, covered place for your cocktail hour. Like we know that the venue has awesome amenities, right? We know that couples come here because they like the look of a modern space. They like that the tables are all custom made. They don't have to rent linens. The space pretty much speaks for itself. It's what you call like a blank canvas venue, but it's also just beautiful on its own where you don't have to do a whole lot to it and you don't have to cover things up. You can kind of come in and be really minimal or you can be really bold. So that we know attracts couples. So we focus more on like experience part of the package where we are full service working with couples, you know, from day one until wedding day. And that's something we really pride ourselves on is how like the level of service that we provide our couples. And that includes providing them with a professional wedding planner. And that's something we also learned very quickly year one, wedding one, um, just kind of backtracking a little bit from our, for our first couple weddings, we knew, oh my gosh, well, we're venue owners. We're not wedding planners. We need to hire a wedding planner for our first few couples just to like, so we can see what a wedding is like a 14 hour wedding day. Like what is actually done and all the prep work that goes into it. So that was the smartest thing that we did, right? Mm -hmm. Like hiring a wedding planner on behalf of our couples, just so we could learn from them. And what that ended up turning into is an exclusive partnership with this wedding planning company and there the venues in our area don't do it like that. I know that some other places in the country, you know, contract wedding vendors 
and include it in their packages, but nobody else around here does that. So that is huge for us um, because that is built into our pricing. So every single one of our couples gets to work with a professional wedding planner from the same company. Um, they know our venue inside and out. They know all of our policies. They know how to communicate with vendors about you know venue related issues. And they're the best. They've been doing this again for 10 plus years and they align with us on values and, you know, what we, what we find important. So, um, that is our like biggest thing, I guess, yeah. that sets us apart from other venues. Um, and part of that though, is relaying that to couples when they, you know, when couples get engaged and they inquire with a venue, their first thing on their mind isn't usually, well, does that have a wedding planner or who's going to actually help me plan? They are thinking about, is the venue beautiful? And do I like the look? Right. And then now our focus is on, but really, really what you should care about is the experience that you get, because yes, the venue is beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful venues out there. Right. But what is going to make your venue experience different or better. Um, and that is having that, you know, consistent help of a wedding planner along the way. Yeah. And Jonathan, yeah. going back to what you said about pricing, where you see it on the website, you scroll down and then it's, here's the required add-on, here's this required add-on, here's this. And then your, your price jumps $5,000 just for the venue rental. Mm -hmm. So having that included in it was, was huge for us. And like Kate said, a lot of the places and venues around here, they'll have the price, but require you to hire a wedding planner. Mm -hmm. And they, you might have three to choose from, but most of them do require that. Most mm -hmm. of them do not have an in-house one. Some do, a lot. some do, but mm -hmm. most of it is here's the venue price, but you also have to hire a wedding planner and here's three that you can choose from. So we didn't like that just the, from the business model aspect of it, of here, here's your price, but that's not really the price. Right. So giving them that wedding planner, which we really know that couples need that. They don't know that they need it when they start, but they mm -hmm. need it. They mm -hmm. absolutely do. Just like we needed it going right. into that wedding one. So being able to include that, like Kate said, the whole experience is, is there. So they already, they have everything they need um, with a, a team backing them throughout the entire process. So that was, that was, that was huge for us. I don't know, Kate, the way that you said that, something about the way that you said that, so this has been an internal discussion, by the way, I'll just give you some background mm -hmm. in, our, in our team. Something about the way that you said that really made some things click because we don't currently, our model currently is not to include a planner mm -hmm. and we don't require, or we, I'm sorry, we do require a planner, but we don't include a planner. Mm -hmm. Our mindset when we did that was we wanted to make sure that we were open to be able to get business from other wedding planners who wanted to come bring their business here. And there was required to use our in-house planner so that maybe we were opening ourselves up to additional business. When you hear me say that, and maybe as you considered it, did you feel like you were shutting yourself off from other business opportunities by not allowing other planners to come plan at your property? Definitely. And just to backtrack a second, it wasn't, uh, I didn't mean to intend that people that require a wedding planner, that's bad business. It was a, you know, it's a personal uh, choice of ours to do that. Um, so yeah, I think you understand, but I just wanted to make it, <laughs> make it clear that we weren't bashing other people. Um, so it was, tell the yeah, question. No. Sorry. Yeah, no, well, and you're right. I didn't take it like that at all, but just it's been this internal discussion because you're, you are so spot on. I mean, it's like, People think they want the pretty 
external outside, but they don't know that they're about to go through nine months, 12 months, 18 months of like a planning of the whole entire experience. And they get what, 10 hours at the venue or eight hours or 12 hours, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We definitely, by not, by partnering with one, I get what you're saying with, by partnering with one planning company, we're essentially shutting out like partnerships or relationships or, you know, connections that we can have that other planners would bring in our area, in our wedding market, most venues require day of coordination. So a lot of our couples, um, in this area, aren't hiring like full service planners where they're doing like entire wedding planning. It's more of like the day of coordination where it starts, you know, 90 days out from your wedding day or partial planning packages. So um, that's what a lot of the venues are requiring. If we were in the type of market that was a luxury market where you're getting luxury wedding planners that do only a couple events a year and bring all these different connections, I think that could maybe be a downfall, but here day of coordination is like, it's essential. Like the couples need it. And there are so many couples that won't book that on their own, unless they're kind of like forced to, or you include it like we do. So could we have done a scenario where we partnered with like different companies and had different options? Like that could always be, you know, that's sure that's an option, but there's nothing like knowing the team of, you know, let's say there's 10 planners on the team, right? Those same people are here for every single wedding and know our venue, like the back of their hand and can kind of like, they're, they're advocates for the couple, but they're also advocates for Hazelwood and what's best for our couples, our venue for vendors coming in here. It just makes it like, I don't know how to do it any other way. It's so seamless and easy and trusting and just you know, just the familiarity and knowing that those people are going to be in here taking care of your couples the same way, using the same systems and processes and not a different floor plan designer or day of schedule. It's all consistent. So that makes our lives super easy, a lot easier, you know, having that consistency. Yeah. And knowing that the planner represents us, they're an extension of Hazelwood. So if we would open it up to any planner coming in, not saying that they would do a bad job, but they might come in and the couple might not have a great experience with them. And that reflects poorly on us. And a guest doesn't see the difference between a wedding coordinator as their own company or the wedding coordinator as part of our company. So if they see the wedding coordinator being mean to somebody, then they say, oh, this Hazelwood place, you should see the coordinator they have there. We know that that's not going to be the case when we work with Taryn Blake and her team, because they're, they're so much like us, which is why we, we wanted to partner with them. Uh, so that was very important. I have a question about that, if you don't mind. And if, you know, if you don't feel comfortable telling about the partnership, but maybe this would help other people as well. Are, does that other company take on other weddings that are not at Hazelwood? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. They, yep. They're, they're, yeah, they have a big team and they do, they're guaranteed every single Hazelwood wedding, but they do weddings, weddings all over the country. Yeah. They've been doing this. They don't have any other um, exclusive, exclusive arrangements at venues like they do at Hazelwood because we, we have 40 weddings this year. Well, they're doing all 40 of our weddings, right? So they have a planner available for each of those plus doing, you know, double, triple wedding weekends, other places with their other planners all over, you know? Um, but yeah, they're guaranteed to be here and our couples are guaranteed to work with them. 
That's so awesome. That's such a great service to the couples because you're right. They go into it not really realizing the full scope of the work and you're including that as part of an add-on. I mean, I bet you you're getting rave reviews from people that are so thankful that you included such a professional team. Not only do they get a beautiful space, like you said, but they also get a really professional team that is an advocate for you that does know how to work in your space well. I mean, that probably even will make a difference in the longevity of your your space there because you know they're not it's not a new planner every single week um that's that's huge exactly i want to wrap today we've probably could spend way more time but i i i know that people you know people's attention uh attention spans and all that you know we need to be mindful of that but i want to ask about insurance and then just want to talk about like rentals, things that you include, um, and kind of the hourly access that you give to to the property. So, can you touch on insurance? Like, do you make um, people purchase separate insurance? Do you include the insurance? How do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, require all of our couples to get a day of insurance policy. Um, we're super transparent about that upfront. Here, the companies that we use cost a- around $100 to have um, a day of insurance policy for the couples to obtain. We also require every vendor that works here to provide insurance or to provide proof of a COI. Um, and we also make that clear to our couples that whoever they hire to service and work their wedding has to also be an insured business because we like this company is everything to us. Like this is our, this is our business. This is our family. This is our livelihood. And we just, insurance was always a huge focus for us, like making sure that everything was covered. We're covered. Right. But having that extra protection of the day of policies and making sure that all the vendors are insured that come in here, because you just never know, you never know. And we hear, and I hear from other venue owners and what I read that some places don't require insurance or it's a little more like loosey goosey and it scares me. Yeah. It scares me. <laughs> yeah. We're not willing to yeah. risk our entire lives and everything we've done just because someone doesn't want to spend 90 bucks on a day of insurance policy. It's not worth it. And it's, that's a hard, hard line for us. And I, I think there's very little pushback on that because the couple wants, they want to be covered too. So they understand yeah. that. So it's just a, insurance is a wild place and we don't want to get involved with, with anything that might come up. So we just, that's, that's a hard, hard line. Got to have insurance. Awesome. Talk to me about uh, the inclusions of the the package. When someone books there, they're getting access to the wedding planner. Are they getting uh, what type of hourly access? What about tables and chairs? I see some beautiful crossbacks, some X-backs back there, some fruit, what it looks like maybe. Um, What are you including? So um, their investment includes a 14-hour rental. So venue access at 9 a.m. It's a generous rental, plenty of time for hair and makeup, getting ready and doing all the things on site. Um, And then event can go until 10 p.m. That's our township noise ordinance. And then an hour for cleanup and tear down until 11 p.m. for vendors. So 14-hour total rental. Um, We include everything that you would need to have an event here. So we don't require any add-ons or like you don't have to rent furniture or rent easels or a ceremony arch. Like we include all the pieces that you would need to host an event. And most of our pieces are locally custom made. So like our farmhouse tables, our circular tables, sweetheart table, we have a custom backdrop wall that's double-sided for floral installations, um, indoor bars, outdoor bars. Like we have all that furniture and it's really pretty. So that's a big selling point for our couples too. Like I said earlier, cause you can use a lot of the furniture as is. 
Um, yeah, furniture, wedding planner, rental experience. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being willing to share, you know, your, your journey with us. I mean, we spent a lot of time on the build process and everything that it took to, to get there. Um, cause I think people yeah, sorry, are I was a little long-winded on that. <laughs> no, but I, that's what this show's for, right? Like we're, we're trying, I think it's, it's helpful for people to understand there's a lot of people who want to own venues or a lot of vendors that maybe want to get into the other side of the industry. And so hearing that process and kind of the ramp up in your experience, building something is huge. Um, I want to wrap today by asking you a question. I try to ask everyone, what's your favorite part? What's your least favorite part? Let's start with the least favorite and then we'll go with the, the most favorite. Well, you Kate, we're, the, we're in agreement about the least favorite is like, so since we live here on this property and Hazelwood is us, it's just us, right? Like the, um, the disrespect to like the venue property or space sometimes like, cigarettes thrown on the ground or people driving over the grass unnecessarily, just like little things like that. I'm like, Hey, like that's our home. That's our <laughs> space. Like, and people don't think about that. They just think like, Oh, it's like, I'm going to some big chain or some bit, not that you should ever litter or do those <laughs> things, but you know, just <laughs> stuff like that. When I see people like doing things like that, guests, you know, wedding guests, um, and just the no separation between like, home and venue where people can just drive up here any day and say, Hey, I'm here to see the venue. You got to book a tour for that. <laughs> like, um, we're here, you know, our son's riding his bike in the parking lot and someone, Hey, my nephew is getting married there next weekend. Can we check out the space? Stuff like that, where <laughs> there's just no separation and we can't, there's not really anything you can do about that because we want people to be able to drive up and see the venue, you know, but boundaries. Yeah. Totally. totally. That makes so much sense. What about your favorite yeah. part? Uh, did, did you say the <laughs> next question? The... Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm so sorry. What about your, yeah. So what about your favorite part? I said that makes a lot of sense, but what about yeah. your favorite part? <laughs> um, the people, obviously like our couples are awesome. There are people like we love them and just following along with, you know, from the time, you know, the whole planning process, following along on Instagram, every step of the way throughout their wedding planning journey, getting to see all their behind the scenes stuff as they're picking stuff out. Then after they get married and they're having kids and like, it's just crazy. I love that. That's all, that's all great. But my favorite, favorite part is the, the always new, like always learning and consuming content and podcasts and reading and researching, like how can we always make the venue better? We have so much stuff like happening right now behind the scenes, like a website relaunch and all these different venue projects and upgrades. And, you know, it's, it's never ending. Um, and it's exciting. Like that's the part that keeps me, like keeps us going, like just always looking to the future and thinking, how can we constantly make this better? And it's always changing, you know, what worked a year ago works now, but does it work as well as it could, you know, and just always figuring out how to make things better. I love that. It's huge. That's awesome. Adam, are you, are you seconding that? Yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in agreement with, especially just the disrespect in the place in the space. And I know that comes with us living on the property. So there has to be a cutoff, like this is a business and this is our home. But since we live here, that's kind of like, come on, man, don't, don't throw your beer can like in our driveway. Just don't do that. Come on. So that's, it's, it's frustrating. That's, that's a tough one, but yeah, that the creating part is so much fun. The couples and being couples have access to us 
um, all the time. And there has to be a, a cutoff, you know, nine to five, we have to live a life too. But when we get an email from a, from a bride or a groom at, at 8 PM that has a question about something, I, I really like answering that right away. And it's fun because I know they appreciate it. That's the whole experience of taking this burden off their shoulder. So they're not spending the whole weekend worrying about this. We like answering right away saying, we got your back, like here, easy solution. We, we have you covered. So that's seeing that and seeing how the couples appreciate that is really, is really a fun thing. I want to squeeze in like one last question. Forgive me and our audience. I hope you're still <laughs> carry on with us, but I, I wanted to know, are you doing anything specific for a CRM system? Are you using anything kind of on the back end to power uh, working with the clients? Yeah. So we use 17 hats, which has been, has been fine for us for what we need. Uh, because we have a planner, a lot of the stuff um, they do for us and they used Upsado for that, which if we were doing more, 17 Hats has um, some limitations as far as uploading things, which has been a big thing, which we wish the couples would be able to have their own space to upload things. Because our client portal is just, here's your invoice and here's your contract. So mm -hmm. it works for us. But if we didn't have a planner doing a lot of it, I think we would move to something a little more um, that would be involved mm -hmm. and, and more helpful. But yeah, 17 Hats has been fine for us. Cool. Cool. And then last, last question, I promise. How many events are you currently doing? And do you have a team that is helping you execute that other than the, the planning team? So year one, we did from end of May through the end of the year, we did 15 weddings. Mm -hmm. Year two, we did uh, 28 weddings. This year we have 40. And then next year projecting to be um, closer to 50, 50 plus. So that was kind of our, our goal coming into it, not knowing how long that would take. But yeah. like Kate said, it, it's just us doing everything with the planner. So there could be two a lead planner and an assistant planner working on their side and Kate and I doing everything else. So it's really just a couple of us. We don't have any, any employees right now. We're in the process of hiring yeah. a venue representative because uh, maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This summer, July I'm due. So we're hiring our first employees this year, which is super exciting to have some help on wedding days, but we will still be handling all of the pre-wedding responsibilities. We're hiring someone to be here just for those like 14 hour wedding days, which will be awesome. And it's a huge step for us to yeah. have like the first person join our team. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being a part of this show and sharing your experience with Hazelwood. Thank you for um, the, the advice and perspectives that you've given to folks. If people want to connect with you, um, hear more about the venue, where's the best place for them to go? They head to our website, hazelwoodweddingvenue.com. Uh, spend some time on that homepage for us and get some clicks. Yes. Now, uh, that's the best place. It has a has our email address there, um, info at hazelwoodweddingvenue.com. And there's inquiry form on there as well. So that's the best place to get in contact with us. And awesome. follow along on Instagram, obviously. Yeah, Instagram every day. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> the full-time job that you mentioned, Kate. What's, yes. the, what's the Instagram handle for anyone who's just listening on audio today? Hazelwood Weddings. Hazelwood Weddings. Beautiful. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks guys so much. I appreciate your time and uh, excited uh, to follow your continued success in this industry. Thank you. We yeah. really appreciate what you're doing too, because you're a big help to, to us and other wedding venues. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. So cool to hear that. Thanks guys. Thanks. See ya. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? 
We don't run ads, we're not really looking to do that, but we do wanna grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.